to the Making Laps Podcast. No, don't leave us yet. I swear we'll get started. No, we already are going. I'll, I'll never leave you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> he lied. He already moved to Florida. How much more leave could he get? Boo! Hello and welcome back to the Making Laps Podcast. My name is Brent Gleason. I'm your Listen, host. Listen, I don't know if anyone can hear me, but we can still turn this around. We just have to stop fighting each other. <laughs> On the soundboard is my brother Jesse Gleason and co-hosting. Hello. And on the line yet again from Florida is our Florida connection and Florida man himself now again, Phil Jakes. What's up? Oh. <laughs> Did you finally get rid of his song? No, I'm not supposed This is actually my playlist. I'm sorry. Oh, you, you accidentally played your own playlist? Yeah, sorry. Oh, oh okay. I, yeah, I wanted to... Ah, there we go. Where are you? Alright, this is going to be a great start. Okay. Before I pick it up the soundboard. This train's already derailed. Maybe I should have had something to drink. Uh, it would have might have been. Uh, no, we all I know it would have gone worse. I got some drinking in the glass tonight. Nah, I'm. I told you off air drinking literally Diet Dr. Pepper, and you can't get much worse than that. <laughs> I apologize to the listening audience for my failure, and I plan to rectify that. Uh, when I get a chance. Mix it with some Jägermeister. It'll taste better. If I had that. Since I'm a parent, I now no longer buy alcohol. Because oh, there's I'm... There's a liquor store across the street. Yeah, I know, but I'm a very boring person who, if... Well, I just go to bed. <laughs> just like, okay, day over. Going to bed. It's 8.30. I'm going to bed. That's my life, and I'm boring. Speaking Brent of... does the show better on booze. Yeah, I just don't like headaches. And I typically get those by drinking, so. Alcohol is a way of... Alcohol is my way of life, and I aim to keep it. Uh, it, it doesn't stop me from bringing beers to the track and cracking a few after the races with buddies, so that's the best after place the to race, do it. After the race, drink responsibly. Right. After the races, in the parking lot, outside of the whatever. Anyway, personal, actually, speaking of the racetrack, um, I know not this past weekend because, uh, spoiler alert, Stafford did not race. And obviously Thompson didn't because they already ran their World Series, so they were done. I said that I was not going to be racing again. I said, oh, yeah, I'm not. I'm all done for the year. You know, we ran our whatever. We figured stuff out. and We learned a couple things and built a notebook and stuff. But Liar. Yeah, I said, oh, well, I had a brake issue. So I went and I found a bunch of parts to fix it, and I put the car together, and the brake pedal feels best it's ever felt. And I'm like, well, I might as well go test it out one more time on the 24th with the tri-track race at Stafford. And I'm I'm not going to race at all next year. Well, I, I, yeah, I knew I was going to race at least a couple <laughs> times, but I didn't realize I was going to race like this many times. And it just kind of ran a full season at Thompson now. Well, somebody bought me tires, and like the tires just kind of lasted, and I still have new tires. And I'm like, mm, I'll just keep racing. And then I get enough purse to buy enough fuel to go racing again. And what's really funny is it takes me longer to get to Stafford on these back roads because I really I can't take the highway from where I am. I have to take, like, Route 32 all the way through, like, Willimannock and, like, 
all these other little shithole towns in the middle of nowhere and do like 40 miles an hour the whole way there because you always get stuck behind some slow ass going up there. In a Subaru. Yeah, always in, a Subaru. in an Outback Subaru. Correct. With like, you know, recycle your uh, sandals, bumper sticker, and uh, oh, uh, Vermont license plates and shit. Oh, and they got those. Bunch of Harry Bush lesbians. That's what you get behind. <laughs> and they got those uh, coexist or whatever stickers on the back, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think they issue those when you buy a Subaru. It comes standard. Yeah. We could ask Chris Forrester. He should be able to tell us. Yeah. Yeah, he works on them. He probably sees them all the time. Self-entitled bitch. But, <laughs> but uh, no. Nice. Chris is awesome. I like Chris. About, we're I'm not sorry. talking about Chris. We're talking about the owner. Oh, no, I wasn't. I swear I wasn't talking about Chris. No, we're not. I love Chris. Chris. No. He's a good man. But driving, again, driving up there, um, I think I actually get better fuel mileage than if I tow on the highway for some reason, I guess. Maybe I'm just not taxing the truck as much or something. I don't My know. Volkswagen don't know. gets 56 miles to the gallon when I'm following you, average, Jesus. on the back roads. So what's my truck getting? I don't know. I just get more. It's for some reason that miles per hour is optimal. I don't know. I filled the truck up, and I towed up to Stafford and back. It's an hour ride. each. It's single way, so it's basically a two-hour round trip, and... I've still got like half a tank of fuel in my truck. And that, if I was towing on the highway, that honestly wouldn't even be the case. I don't know what it is, but it seems like I get worse mileage on the highway. And I don't know why that would be. Whatever. So I might not even put fuel in my truck to go up this weekend. But yeah, I will be there on the 24th. Again, I'm trying some more new stuff. And I do want to make sure that the car is good so that I don't put, you don't want to put a car away if you have an issue and not test it out. I mean, I just don't want to do that. I know it's a great excuse, but again, you don't want to leave an unknown, and I don't like leaving that to chance. Access I mean, you can, denied. You can put a car Go away. to one hundred and one soundboards. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> soundboard. Anyway, you, go you ahead, Phil. Finish your thought. <laughs> Sorry. Sit for a year after it's won a race and uh, still have it come out and run like shit. Tell me how I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I found that out this week. Again, I just don't like leaving things untested and unchecked i mean yeah i can sit on the jack stands and push a brake pedal and be like oh yeah brakes feel great from here and you take it out on track and then they don't work you know i want to make sure that the thing actually works especially through a heat cycle with getting the brakes hot and getting the fluid hot and you know just it's a whole different ball game when you get a race car warm and when you run the thing a lot and under stress and load then you know sitting on jack stands and hoping that they work. I mean, people test out their drivetrain by getting their car on jack stands and throwing it in gear and letting the clutch out. And it's like, that's not going to tell you anything. It's like the guys who rev their motors up in the pits thinking that they got to skip. And, oh, the skip's still there. Oh, the skip's still there. It's like, well, yeah, because you're not under load. Like, how do you know if it's actually gone or not? Good. So. I hope they blow their shit up, okay? Do you like to be waking up out of bed in the middle of the night and then have to do wind sprints? No, yeah, right. I don't rub my shit up at the racetrack like that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Anyway, so you're going to be racing. I will be there. racing. Yeah, I'm going to go do the 24th just to, like I said, shake it down again. I only have one rule. <laughs> Everyone fights. No one quits. Uh, don't do your job, I'll kill you myself. That, you couldn't take that guy seriously in that movie. I'm sorry. I love Casper Van Dien. Shut up. He was good. He was... Good, but you can't take him seriously as the tough guy. 
Yeah, but he banged Denise Richards and the hot redheaded girl with the great titties. Oh, the one that got killed. Yeah. Yeah, she was pretty fantastic. He had, he had some good uh, notches there. Well, yeah, he's a pretty yeah. guy, but uh, he's just not the tough guy. <laughs> his his XO or whatever, the guy who, was, who killed him, he's like, Rico, do it, you know? Yeah. That guy, you could see him as a tough guy. I don't even know that actor's name. How'd Michael get Ironside. Oh, yes. See, that guy is good. He, used to, he was ex-military. He was in Top Gun. He was Jester. He was. That's right. Jester's dead. I forgot about that. Well, he was a lot Yeehaw! older. Jester's dead. We need a Top Gun soundboard. I know. I am a Top Gun soundboard. Right now we're talking about B-military movies. It's not B-military movies. I think it was huge. Oh, Top oh, Gun wasn't. Oh, Top Gun. Oh, yeah. Starship Troopers Starship made tons Troopers of money. Was. It was still a B-movie. It's the best B-movie ever. It's Come on. Brain Bug. Fit. Shut the fuck up. I love that movie. It it was a B plus. (laughs) It's a B plus movie. Okay. Okay. Well, okay, that's fair. I'll give it a B plus. (laughs) So anyway, since I'm talking about Stafford. So now we're talking about racing. Yeah, I'll get back to to racing. Let's get back to that. Okay. So Stafford. All right. We all know the deal that they had to go in with uh, StaffordSpeedway.tv where they take a quarter of whatever they get for the pay-per-views and they would put it into the driver's point fund at the end of the year. Well, they put out a number, and they said, listen, this is all thanks to you, the the paying customers and the fans. They put out $26,532 for total point fund money just from that StaffordSpeedway.tv promotion alone. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not anything to ignore right there. No, that is a that good is amount of money not- for a point fund. That's that shows a lot of initiative and that shows a lot of effort. It really does. I'm that, kind of curious how they're going to divvy it out, but that's definitely that's impressive. Obviously, it's going to be staggered through the tier. You know, champions get well, the I most mean, top 10, certain top percentile. Because I mean, if you divide it by the top thirty in each division, it's like a hundred bucks. So they said more like the top ten. They said at the driver's meeting, the last one that I went to, I think Fox said that uh, anybody who took a green flag will get a check from that point fund. That's not a bad deal. So I I'm mean, like, every little bit helps. So I'm like, sweet, I ran four races. I'm going to get some beer money, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Go drink some beers in the shop with me. Beer's on me. Even though we talked about this earlier. But anyway. So, also, speaking of the 24th, uh, as of today... I think 50-plus cars are now entered for the tri-track race, just the modified race, not any other race. That's over 50 cars. Jesus, that's a big yeah, number. still got a week to go. No, well, mostly a week. I mean, it's, you know, four days at least at this point, but um, that's a killer number. I mean, I know that it's probably a little bit elevated because of the fact that the tour is done. I don't think VMRS raced at all this year. I'm uh, pretty sure ROC is probably done, so everybody has a chance that they can come down and run this ten grand to win modified race, and they right. don't have they don't have to travel too too far. I mean, it's probably a long day trip for a lot of people. I mean, if you're coming from Western New York, you're going to stay overnight, but obviously you'll probably just camp out. But it's it's a great opportunity, and I was saying this online. It's like I know they just put out an article on Race Day CT where he interviewed the guys who are the new promoters of the Tri Track series. Because I think Phil, you said that Williams and all those guys uh, turned over control or, or sold control or whatever to someone else. But obviously yeah, they're still 
doing a great job. Rick Williams and Richard Schaefer, I believe, are the two. Uh, I think they turned it over. Well, if that's the case, whoever's doing it now has been doing a pretty killer job because they're, they're essentially putting out the same product. And even in tough economic times, they're still putting out purse money. So that's even better. So um, they said that they were dealing with an issue with NASCAR and scheduling at some point earlier in the year and that NASCAR really kind of treated the Tri-Track Series as a second-class cut rate, you know, almost dis- they almost disrespected them in a way by saying that they were essentially inferior to the NASCAR Tour. Well, And I'm like, well, you got to think of it a little bit more laterally. Yeah, it's a more regional thing, but they put out higher car counts and give out more money than the NASCAR Tour. Yeah, but the NASCAR Tour, the NASCAR people think, well, if they don't have, NASCAR people think that they're the authority in all things stock car racing. Basically, it's almost, almost, it's very close to being a monopoly. I know it's been settled out of court already. The issue's been already in court, but that's how they treat the tri- Tri-Tech Championship or whatever. Say that three times fast. But uh, it's a um, open modified series, yeah. Yeah, if they don't have the NASCAR banner or the NASCAR sanction or pay for it, they're going to be treated as such, unfortunately. Yeah, that's unfortunate. not fair, but that's the way it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand how NASCAR can even not can have their blinders on so tightly that they can't see the fact that, hey, maybe this group of people is actually doing a better job than we are. I mean, look, they're getting more cars and they're paying more money. They're getting more interest than NASCAR does. NASCAR is used to winning, though. That's the thing. They they beat, they retired USEC to their stock car division anyway. Essentially. Yeah, got rid of USEC, got rid of um, another contender, the Hooters Pro Cup, got rid of ASA, absol- absorbed ARCA, and, and many others. ARCA's going away probably anyway. Yeah, it's, yeah, they can't get they can't give away starting spots to those people. I don't I don't know what they're doing wrong there, but they're well. I do know what they're doing wrong because they're not listening to us. But exactly, uh, if NASCAR was smart. The ARCA series would be super late models. There's so many opportunities. I mean, we could go on for an entire episode about why oh, people God. don't race in ARCA or when it was the K and N East or West or whatever. There was a reason why guys used to run that series back in the all the way up to the mid-2000s, and it was still strong, even up to the 2010s, you know. But that was because all the super late model series out in the Midwest were kind of regional, but now they've really kind of sprouted legs, and they put out, again, something like the Tri-Track series, where they pay a lot more, and the, it's a lot less to get into it. Yeah, CRA. Um, oh, shit. What's the weather one there? Yeah, you're, did you say Southern Super Series? Southern Super Series Pass. Uh, yeah, Pass North and South. Um, what's the one up in uh, Midwest? Is that CRA still, or is that something else? Arca Midwest Series? No, that's CRA. something different now. Well, yeah, this is the Arca Midwest Tour. Is that still called Arca Midwest Tour, or is it just Midwest Tour? I don't even know what it is now. I think it still flies under the Arca banner. That's weird. Yeah, it is. I wonder if NASCAR owns that, too. But anyway, there's so many other opportunities with super late models. There, It's almost as much – I wouldn't know how much it would be on cost, but it's got to be pretty comparable to get into it. I think body cost is a lot less. Um, I think a lot of other incidentals are probably a lot less, and they get paid a hell of a lot more and have opportunities to race for a hell of a lot more money with big dollar races all across the country. So why the hell would you race ARCA or K&N or whatever it is now? So – 
there's a big market for a super a touring super late model division. There's plenty of talented guys out there. There's plenty of cars. Yeah. I mean, for goodness sake, the in the eighties, Dick Trickle, Mark Martin, Alan Kowicki, they all raced uh, uh, Gary Ballou. They all raced uh, uh, ASA. They even raced at Michigan. Yeah. At ASA. And those ASA cars used to be the shit. And those were like really souped out pro late miles. Those were awesome. You should see those videos. They're on YouTube. Those guys at Michigan are no joke. Yeah, the old ASA series used to be absolutely killer. It's like doing, it's like doing street stocks at Darlington. Yeah, <laughs> see, you know, I'd like to do that actually. Well, all racing was dangerous, so it didn't really matter what they did. They didn't care. It was racist. Yeah, sweet, put it, it out was there. great. All right, so I do have a little mini rant to go on while we're still basically talking about Stafford. I don't know where the hell we've been lately, but we're. We're still basically on the topic of Stafford. Uh, it's about... Access denied. Go to 101 soundboard. <laughs> or, is this going to do me every time? I swear to God. <laughs> yes, it will. Just hit reload on every one of them. Okay, here's my mini rant for Stafford. Okay. Again, I don't do the rants really anymore, but... All right. Only two weeks in a row. No, it's only a mini rant. It's only going to take like five minutes. All right, it's about qualifying and feature order at Stafford because this is all new to me. I'm not used to the, how they run programs and stuff until I finally got my feet wet and jumped into the actual competition side of the program. Well, I know I race probably the lowest on the totem pole up there. We race street stocks. I get that. But you put them in a position where they heat race last – and then they basically go out for the first feature, which is what the schedule says even for this weekend. And I've noticed that the last few times that I've raced there, we, they run the street stocks later in the heat race lineup, and then they throw them on the racetrack first. Um, honestly, I think it's pretty incredibly unfair because if anybody has any problem in a heat race... Like if you get damaged or if you got a flat or if you got to fix something or, you know, you got a problem where you got to change a fuel pump, anything, you know what I mean? Something that'll take a few minutes to fix, you won't have time to fix it. Like you're essentially forcing people who have any issue in the heat race to basically miss the feature because you're giving them zero prep time. That's stealing, basically. You stole their ticket money. I know. It's like no other division deals with this at Stafford. I mean... Some divisions may have a little less time than others, but it's obvious that the street stocks have the least. I mean, I'm looking at the schedules, and I'm part of it. And, I, you know, the last few times I got there, I essentially got out of the car. Had it, I never took my fire suit off. I had enough time to get in the trailer, grab a can of gas, go fill the gas tank up, check the car over, and then, like, check air pressures real quick, which is complete moot point because the tires are hot from the heat race. And then... Basically, they're calling you for the lineup. You get back in the car and you go back out. Like, I get out, do something, get back in, go. Like, I have no time. And, you know, like I said, no other division has to do this. Every other racetrack I've ever raced at has a set schedule from practice to heat races to the feature. So every division has equal time to prepare for each of their individual races. Like, I race at Thompson. They said maybe, you know, practice might be a little different than heats, but that's every once in a while if they got to make a schedule adjustment, whatever, or a special event, we get that. But heats and features typically roll off in the same order. 
So when you go out for your heat, you do have every single division has a set amount of time that they can prepare their cars and everybody gets the same amount of time. Honestly, I mean, it's almost like Stafford's underhandedly showing disrespect to the lower tier racers by forcing them into a schedule that they can't meet. And I just want them to, if they hear this, at least hear me out. You know, if you were racing and you were putting whatever you had into a race car and sometimes like showing up by your damn self, like sometimes, you know, I do and some other people do, you need time. You know, this is all I can afford. Just because I can't race a modified, which is what you guys are known for, doesn't mean I have to sit back and suck it because, you know, I don't have what you want to put out for a program. I mean, if you don't want us to race, you could just tell us not to race there, you know? <laughs> but, like, giving us no time is woefully unfair. You know, and that's all I can say. You know what's funny is that the street stocks seem to be treated as, like, a second-class citizen, but they're probably the second most popular uh, division there behind the SK Modifieds, and that's including above the SK lights, above the late miles, and certainly above the SK, certainly above the limit of late miles because no one wants to see that garbage. Who cares about them? Why do they get preferential treatment? They got five cars in there. The taxi cabs. The way, the way the late models have been lately, though, I'd almost put them and the street stocks on level ground. The late models have been coming up. Meh. They were all right. They had a good finish on the last race. That was it. Other than they that, who cares? Racing all year. That that's it, that division is absolute insanity from the drop of the green flag every week. Which one? The late models. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's big horsepower, no tire, no shocks. Well, they, yeah, they do they run the same the light crap, and man, they're fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, but you got to think of it this way: the street stocks have never been in the single-digit territory in the last ten years. You know what uh, I mean? I wouldn't say that. They've been really close. Yeah, Not Waterford. Yeah, Waterford. They were. Yeah, in Waterford. Who cares? Waterford's a go kart track. Cars a couple years ago. Local go kart track. Yeah, but they were still not the lowest car counts. You know what I mean? No, but I mean the limited late models take that crown every year. Right. Sorry, but the street stocks. Everyone goes to the fence too. Right behind the modifieds. Yeah, it's always the rest of the divisions. They go to the beer line. And it's you got the pizza. The problem is, is okay. Jesse will be back, but again, people. I guess it's it's a disconnect between the racers and upper level management, which I know Stafford tries to quell by, you know, owning their own race cars by having the two kids race. But I mean, you look at the progression of these cars over the years, and a street stock is not something you pull off the road and throw racing tires on. You know, no. They're they're a very very far cry from that. They're actually they've reached a point now where they've become incredibly specialized. And they are now what the late models were in the nineties. Correct. Yeah. And they're putting down about the same lap times too. So. Oh yeah. And um, again, with an open rear, not a locked. Yeah, that's yeah exactly with inferior equipment. But again, it's. I know that you you think they're mostly made out of stock parts, but a lot of these cars, man, the only stock thing about them might be, geez, some of them are all tube. Yeah, if you have a Johnson or a Ham chassis car, the only stock thing that's in that thing might be the rear end housing. And, well, maybe a transmission. 
but that's it. Like, but these cars didn't come with you know Saginaw transmissions. <laughs> they came with like a 700R4 automatic with a 305 or something. Yeah, but it's still a stock GM part. Yeah, that's. But those are like the only two stock GM parts you're gonna find in the whole damn car. So I mean, yeah, they don't. They may not put like fifty grand a year into their car like an SK or somebody, but I mean, you can't expect us to turn around these cars so quickly. You know, I, I mean, there's a reason they gave us four wheel disc brakes now instead of you know the old school drum brakes. I know that sounds like antiquated, but again. They never changed the rules on these cars, and they've been going too fast, and they had to do something to slow them down. But, like... Well, there just needs to be consistency is what it boils down to. Yeah, again, every other racetrack knows that you keep the heat race and the feature lineup the same, and you give everybody an equal amount of time to work on their cars. Like, again, if I have a problem in the heat race and I drop out or something happens, and I barely have enough time to even change a tire... That's like it's unfair to the nth degree. So, can we just have a set schedule where we don't get completely screwed? That would be nice. I'd appreciate that. Again, I don't have the money to just go on out there and buy a modified, you know, and run an SK and just be the show. I mean, you could sell your car and trade for a modified. <laughs> yeah. Who the hell's going to trade a street stock for a modified? Okay. <laughs> I mean, anybody wants to, I'm open to it, but, you know. Speaking of modifieds and street stocks, uh, Megan Fuller will be making her SK Lite debut in a Keith Rocco car on October 24th. Worst kept secret around, I think. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, <laughs> if you follow the racetrack at all or them, I mean, come it's on. It's about time, though, to me. She deserves it. She's I mean, done really well, and I think she's ready. She did everything short of not getting spun out by some idiot on the last corner of a race, you know, yeah, of, than all the expectations than all the expectations that her dad set for her, you know? I, th I think she exceeded expectations of not only Rick, but a lot of people. Mm. I fully agree. I mean, how long, she's, how long has she been banging her head against the, you know, the wall with one of these damn cars? Five years? She's so she came in in six seventeen. Was it seventeen? Seventeen is when she started because uh, I tested the car at Thompson in the spring uh, for them to get a baseline on it, and then Meg was in it at the icebreaker. Oh, okay. And it was um, actually no, that was eighteen. Seventeen, she was racing at Stafford on and off. Um, I don't think she went full time at Stafford at Thompson at that point. Hmm. Yeah, I can't but remember. Regardless, I had tested the car prior to her getting in it, and and kind of gave them the baseline, and that was it. I mean, they were off from there, and like we've said before, with Jimmy Fuller at the helm and and Rick running the show, I I kind of figured it was only a matter of time. She had to figure out the racecraft thing, and she had some issues with with some people, and and just. Rookie mistakes. Everybody goes through that. And you can't be mad at anybody for that. But she, for me, she overcame those way quicker than I honestly expected just because of her age and the fact that she'd never driven a big car before. Yeah, if you actually go back and look at what she used to race like and what she races like now, it is a night and day difference. 
she was a windshield wiper. She right. was all over the track, couldn't hold a line. Right and now, now it's now she's carving she, them up. She's absolutely one of the toughest competitors at the track anywhere she goes. Right. I, I would even say if she had showed up at Thompson, I think she would have been a contender. This year, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. But that goes along with, like I said, racecraft. It's something you learn, and it's myself included. Still got a lot to learn, but she has progressed incredibly well. And, I mean, I guess it's just a saying sometimes, but she's got good blood. Yeah, and she's got a ton of the right help. Yeah. You know, she's got good good people who are intelligent about racing in her corner who were willing to coach and put themselves out there to help. So it's a winning you combination. Surround yourself with the best success will follow. It's yeah. a scary last name. That's for sure. Yep. Absolutely. So I think the last thing I got for Stafford as of this point is that Justin Bonsignor was slated to drive the Gisela the second Casella number 25 car, and I believe they had some sort of issue with that car, and they abs- they um, will not make it with that car. So he is going to be in the Jimmy Page number double zero car. For yeah, the- I think they blew up the motor at Thompson. Yeah, they're going to be in... So he's going to be in the Jimmy Page number double zero car uh, for the tri-track race. He will still be running it. He's just going to be in a different car. So- Black ass, son of a bitch! Yeah, blowing up an engine, not fun. Don't do it. It's not. I don't recommend it. So the only real local racing we had going on down here in southern New England, because Seekonk, I think they wrapped up their Fast Friday stuff. Um, they didn't run any Saturdays this week, or this year, I mean, uh, which is really kind of shitty. Yeah, really shitty. Uh, Thompson ran their World Series a week, two weeks ago. So we had to actually the Speed Bowl took that weekend off to give uh, their guys a chance to go race at the World Series, and they came back last weekend or this past weekend, I should say, and they ran their typical eight division show. I think it was eight, and yep, eight divisions. <laughs> I don't know of I don't know of any racetrack that runs an eight division weekly show. That's absurd. But yeah, I guess but they're giving the Seacon guys a chance, which is pretty cool yeah i don't think they would be running it full time honestly i i think they could really do without a bunch of these divisions but since they gave seekonk a chance then yeah they're gonna let them run so let me run down some results here uh, late models jason palmer won that race uh open street stocks which is essentially the seekonk street stocks or sportsman whatever they call them at seekonk i don't remember it's been a year i don't remember nothing Seekonk on Sportsman. Yes. The <laughs> Adam Petty won that. I think it was his second win in a row. Uh, Speed Bowl. Tr- What's that? See, seeing that name and the results put my hair on end when I saw that name. Yeah, it's it, it still kind of hits you a little bit weird, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, let's see. So they got the Speed Bowl trucks. Uh, Kenny Cassidy picked up that win and he clinched their division championship a race early they are going to be running one more event next weekend i believe they're going to go up against stafford but those guys typically don't cross over too much so unless they're an sk racer but again they a lot of these guys have been kind of sticking to uh, their own tracks lately 
But no, Kenny picked up his, I think that's his sixth track championship, his second divisional, uh, second different division he's picked up a championship in. He got Is that a, his second or third one of the season in that? Uh, third or fourth, I can't remember. Really? Yeah. Was it that many? Uh, yeah, something like that. It's either third or fourth, I couldn't remember. But he picked that thing up quick. He picked it up quick because he won his first try. <laughs> yep. He won in I his first damn race. Truck too, so that's a good truck. Yeah, that is a really good truck, and they take care of it. He was he was talking, and he said something about you know selling the mini stock, which was his bread and butter. He won five titles with it. He won over fifty races with it. All this other stuff. He said it was a serious risk, but he jumps in this truck and is successful right out at the gate. And guess what? He wins a bunch of races. Comes from the back, and a lot of them to win. And he won a championship straight off, just right out of the gate. So it's like, well, I guess that was a, a risk worth taking, you know? Absolutely. And I think that he'll, I think he honestly is having a lot more fun with some actual horsepower. <laughs> yeah. It's not that much horsepower, let's be fair. But yeah, it's, you know, it's more than a four cylinder. And they're a different way to drive, but it's a, it's a way to learn different racecraft. And I think it's uh, suiting him very well. So the sportsman race, uh, Jason Chikolas picked up a win. I uh, don't remember the last time he's picked up a win, but you got to remember he started racing at Waterford a few years ago, and Waterford essentially took a year and a half off. So it's been a while since they've raced in general. So he probably won at least one or two, you know, the last full season they ran. So it's been a yeah, it's been a couple years, but then again, Speedball's been off for a year plus. So. Give him a little Jason's a, a pretty good guy too, so it's good, nice to see him uh, have some success again. Yeah, yeah, it's very nice. I mean, I can see why they don't race at Thompson. I know they had some run-ins with whoever raced up there and stuff, but um, again, racing at Waterford just kind of suits them. I mean, if it works out for you, it works out for you. So just stick with what you're doing. If you're competitive, stay competitive. I did hear there was a little bit of controversy uh, towards the end of that race. So do you? I didn't hear what actually happened do you know i don't know either i've seen people jawing on facebook left and right but i don't base my judgments based you know off of jawing and stuff and people throwing insults on on facebook and stuff i was looking at race monitor i saw i think it was sean monahan who was in second at the time i think it was at least three laps to go and then i saw he was in 11th place and i'm like well he must have got turned around um I don't know what happened. I never saw a video. I'm sure Nick Tito will put a video out soon. I'll watch it. Yep. Um, but if anybody wants to watch it, he's Yankee Racer on YouTube. I'm pretty sure that's his handle, right? Uh, Yankee Racer 2002, I believe it is. And, that's uh, right. He also posts them on Facebook. And I keep promising him that I'm going to have him on this show, and I keep screwing up. But, yeah, he's going to be the next guest we'll have on. And I will have him on before the end of the uh, season. Because, spoiler alert, we're going to shut this show off for the winter and enjoy some iRacing and some quiet time. <laughs> because if there's no racing going on, then what the hell are we going to talk about? So, I'll probably start... Hey, they race all year round down here. Well, feel free to record some and we'll put it up for the Florida people. <laughs> <laughs> feel free. Record it on your phone and send it. Um, okay, so where were we? I think we were up to... Oh, yes, controversy. Again... Uh, I think he got turned around by somebody. I don't know. Um, 
again, I can't really make a judgment on something I didn't see and something that I'm going off on hearsay. So I, I can't really tell. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I can't I can't say anything. But I know I can say that um, he knows how to get through a field very quickly and it might ruffle some feathers of people quite quickly. And sometimes people can take it a certain way and decide that they've had enough and put you in the infield. So I don't know, but that's, you know, that's the most likely, most likely cause. So I'm, that's not all I really know. I watched an in-car video the other day uh, of Sean driving at the bowl uh, that was posted by, um, I think his name is Thomas Cupliano or something Capano? like that. Fenceline Films? Yeah, Fenceline Films. Okay. Watching Sean drive is very, very intriguing because he's a lot smoother than I thought he was. Oh, what are we talking about? I missed it. I uh, we, we, we went to... Because I could jump in on this. We were talking about a possible controversy in the Sportsman feature with somebody getting turned around. Oh, you're dealing with the boys' Mario problems? Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah... Um, supposedly Monaghan got turned around late in the race. I don't know. I didn't see a video. I don't know what happened. So we can't, we're not, we're, we're like speculating, but not commenting because we don't know anything. Basically right. is what we're doing. <laughs> it's all hearsay for the jury. It's all hearsay and it's all going to be stricken from the record. Correct. That's yes. basically all we're doing is we're, we're just kind of padding this thing out. <laughs> so Phil was talking about car control and Sean. Yeah, it's watching that video the other day, like he, he got underneath someone and they were obviously making quite a substantial amount of contact. Um, but the hands were steady, smooth, straight. It it's gotta be something with the car the way that car is wedged up, it just doesn't move. And it's so fascinating to watch compared to what I'm used to, what I've seen from other people. <laughs> well, have you ever watched the video of Jesse? I'm sure you have, but the 2012 World Series where Jesse had a helmet cam on? Oh, absolutely. I was there. Oh, my God. You I'll want you want a lesson that. in how to drive something that's not quite the fastest thing in the field, but you are the fastest thing in the field? <laughs> yeah, watch that video. Well, thank you. Who was, who was the fastest? <laughs> Was it me? <laughs> no, it was. no, Sundin was definitely the fastest that day, but he did something stupid on the restart and spun his tires, but he said the electrical system failed, but he kept driving afterwards. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what happened there, but you just took off and managed to run away. Yeah. The electrical system, you mean his traction control? Something his, goofed up. His. <laughs> Your words, by the way. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, yeah, Sean has, I know firsthand, I've, known, I've raced for them for 20 years. He has more car control than anybody else in the field, and that is why a lot of it is infuriating at some point. At some points, because you know he has a lot of talent and a lot of car control, but things happen anyway, and you can't call them accidents because of the car control that he has, and that's what makes it hard to call an accident because you know he knows better and has the talent to do better, but uh, these things still happen. There's I think no you know question. What? Brings home the trophy at the end of the night, right? Well, he made the trophy, and and <laughs> you understand. So, um, uh. so I mean, when I was first starting out, he had a few years on me. Yeah, uh, a couple but, at least. But I watched him. I had my mom videotape him. Uh, uh, one race 
where he had to come from deep in the field and he ended up winning a race. And that's kind of, it was, and I just watched, I had her tape him in the feature to learn how to pass cars. And I could see what he was doing to pass cars. And I learned a lot from that. Learned how to pass cars, especially at the bowl, where the bowl you learn how to race. It's a fast track like Thompson, you learn how to drive. But uh, that's where I learned how to race was by watching uh, him and and them. So yeah, we used to the, watch guys uh, like Moose and Eddie Gurch, and oh like, yeah, we used to film all those guys. Yeah, uh, Corey Hutchins. And oh God, Joe Mancini. They we they had beasts back then. Oh my God, the field was amazing back they then. They had monsters back then. John top, Puglisi. The, uh, the top Jesus twelve Christ. or fourteen guys could probably dominate the division. They now. had like fourteen different winners one year, didn't they? Two thousand, they had thirteen or fourteen different winners. Yeah. You know? And I, I think, think that was the first year so we actually. Fascinating for me to watch that video, though, is you you learn so much just watching someone drive sometimes, and you don't realize it. I'm surprised he let them put a camera in his car. I figured he'd be giving away secrets. Like Keith Rocco doesn't allow that. He's like, nope, don't get the camera out of my car. Well, I think he's just being <laughs> obtuse. And number one, and number two, you can't see the little traction control unit that comes out <laughs> of his pocket. It's only the size of a pack of cigarettes. I don't think you need him with he's those He's got cars. about three or four uh, wires that are extra up in the distributor, <laughs> but who's counting? Um, I don't think so. But anyway, yeah. So and you can't and the tracks and the camera. Yeah, it's not going to pick up tire sniffers. So, <laughs> so you won't be able to see that. Oh, geez. Fell comment. I said, give credit where it's due. Sometimes he he can drive a freaking car. <laughs> we yeah, what I mean, I, uh, after going down south and seeing, you know, the, it, everybody talks about tracks control this tracks. Could I mean, tire soak this, tire soak that. Guess what? They all do it. Okay, if the tires leave the racetrack at the end of the night, they're soaking tires. You have to assume that. <laughs> the Unless guys down have south a, are hilarious about doing yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> at Dillon Motor Speedway, they have them logged, spray-painted, and impounded. And if those tires leave the racetrack, they cannot be raced the next night or, yeah, doesn't or Ron, the next week. You have to have those impounded. Doesn't Ron put them in a storage uh, container and padlock it himself? Yeah, it's a giant shed in the infield. Yeah. That's how, it, and if they leave, he assumes that they're soaking them. Yeah, so he'll and throw that's them the out. end of it. Okay, they're not <laughs> fooling I, I around. I would say that it is absolutely not tolerated at all down here. That's only if they catch you. Oh yeah, they they don't fool <laughs> around down south. No, no, I know. not with if tech. If they Oof. catch you, you're done for the season. Yeah, yeah, their tech is a lot better down south. Yeah, they actually do things it's like throw people out, like our politicians <laughs> are up here. You got a bunch of Yankee scum. That we are. <laughs> Everybody has feelings, Jess, I'd, and we have to placate those feelings. <laughs> with money yes. and trophies and trinkets. But, yeah, Phil where, is goddamn Johnny Reb wrong? now, so I'm kind of jealous. Well, of he him. lives in America. So. Oh, yeah, I'm jealous of him yes. now. He doesn't have to wear a mask when he goes places. Isn't that fun? Yeah. All COVID restrictions have been lifted. Yeah, we're still doing the same thing. We have a hot spot <laughs> with 13 people in Norwich now. So. Yeah, they, they count. Oh, a, they, God, 13 out of what? 300,000? Oh, they count an outbreak in this state as 15 out of 100,000 people. Norwich yeah, is a city yeah. of 60,000 people. Yeah. They're about. They're probably all homeless who got the freaking COVID. Probably because Weicker opened up the mental institutions back in the 90s. Yeah, and dumped and them all out in the street. That way, so that they all vote Democrat, you know. So never mind. <laughs> I've yeah, been it was easier to turn into dead ones. The past four weeks straight, and I feel wonderful. 
It must be very nice. <laughs> I don't have to wear a mask in my yard yet, so that's, yeah. I guess we're okay. I have, I <laughs> have recovered from COVID. It took me three days. My doctors are the greatest. Okay? We gotta and just I, get I, I haven't felt this great in 20 years. We got to just get the quote. <laughs> <laughs> Make my own. <laughs> that's fair. Hey, that's we didn't it. have to look it up. Where the hell did we get off track on? What were we doing? We were shitting on Sean Monahan. No, no, please don't, don't send your goons. I'm sorry. We weren't <laughs> shitting on Monahan. No, oh, no, we actually weren't. No, 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 <laughs> we're no. Con- I was kidding. I was kidding. Else we does. were pumping his brakes up or Contra- tires or whatever. You, you know, kidding. Contrary to popular belief, no, kidding. We, we, we were being neutral. We're being, yeah. We we don't actively do that. <laughs> so we were being neutral, I, right? I think we were on SKs because I think I'm halfway through. <laughs> Luckily, I keep notes, right? Uh, so Thank SKs. God someone's steering this ship. I know. I got notes. I'm professional. Uh, SKs. Eric Burnt went to victory lane for the second week in a row driving Bear's car. I bet he's loving driving at the Speed Bowl. Are we waiting for a sound that, bite? That's awesome to see. Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Because the soundboard's not been working all night. Yeah. Oh, anyway. So this was interesting. The Legends had a fall classic race. They paid a little extra, and they had a little extra uh, distance race. Uh, Jason Palmer dusted off his old Legends car and went out and waxed the field and won that one. And he won the late model race earlier that night. What was that? That was (laughs) Phil's reverb. Oh, gotcha. It went like this. Thank you for replaying that. (laughs) It saves you from the editing. I'm sorry. What did they say? <laughs> okay, Jess. Here's one interesting uh, tidbit okay, for I'm you. Listening. Yes, sir. Mini stocks. Yeah. Mark Panaroni was in the field. Yeah. For this race, and he did not win. No? So Charlie Char- Canfield picked up this win. I think that's like third or fourth this time this year. Wow. Panaroni was P2. Streak ended. What happened to him? Did he spin out halfway through the race? Damn it, Macaroni, him... you let me down. Mark yeah. Macaroni, you've let us down. The streak ends. Mark Ravioli, yeah. you've let us down. Mark Pepperoni, you've let us down. <laughs> what more How Italian many... things can we get on him? Mark Linguini. Stromboli, yeah. Mark... Cannoli. Cannoli. <laughs> Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. He's going to find me on my mail route yeah. now and like, yell Holy at me. Moly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. If he eats more cannolis, he'll be roly-poly. I guess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Charlie Canfield managed to hold off the ever-powerful Mark Panaroni, who won every single race he started this year. I think he won, like, four or five. And this is his first time he didn't win. Well, that so. took him out of the points lead. What can you say? <laughs> he could have been in it. <laughs> anyway. SK Lights. Here's a name I don't really that I don't really know. I'll be honest with you. A guy named Charlie McDougal won. I don't know who he is. I've never heard the name. I think he's with the uh uh what is that the um anonymous citizen program. I do apologize to yeah. the Charlie and the McDougal team, but man, yeah. I don't know who you are. I mean, congrats on the win. Awesome job. You came out uh, of nowhere to win. Yeah, you literally <laughs> came out of nowhere cuz I don't even know who the hell you are. Yeah. But, there's a group of McDougals from uh, from New Hampshire that race. I wonder if there's a relation there. It probably is. Who knows? He probably came from, like, he, it's probably a sport mod up north or something that we don't know who the hell right. it is. Or like a, Witness protection know. program. They do Riverhead run sport mods like this, but they run an 8-inch tire? 
I think I Davidovich runs one, doesn't he? Hmm. Uh, so I got to give credit to Wayne Burroughs Jr. He clinched the championship in the SK Lights at the Speed Bowl a race early. He runs for, uh, I think he runs Tom Abley's old car for it, for the Abley team. They've been doing that for yeah. a few years. Uh, oh, good for him. He did great. Yeah, he did a killer job. I mean, Wayne picked up a bunch of uh, mini stock titles, and his stuff was unstoppable back then. You know, and then he hops in this old CD car that's been, you know, that's been hanging around for a long time, and he makes magic with that too. So again, congrats yeah. to him. He won a bunch of races this year. So good job, Wayne Burroughs. You know who else kicked ass? Who's that? My boy Kenny Cassidy. We already talked about him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, he clinched the title. Oh, I missed it. I was out helping the. Boys oh, that's right. You were. Yeah. You, damn you, it. You were playing uh, Super Mario Fixer. <laughs> so much for that one. Pay attention. Hey, you know, you, you glazed over somebody in the in the mini stocks that I think we should give a mention to that uh, we haven't heard his name in quite a while. Well, again, I only get my results from race Well, Doug Curry so got crashed into. He any, sucked. Any idea what's going on? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, so, Doug. Go I ahead. We love you. Did you notice that Garrett Denton made a return? I, I did saw see that. that. Yeah, I did. I did see that. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Is you know he who we can... He finished fourth. You yeah. know who we... No, you know somebody who did a better job that we completely glossed over? Josh Galvin made a return in the backup car for Sean Monahan and finished second. Yes, I did see yeah. that. that was, we missed that I one. I think that's his second time in the car, I believe. It don't matter. He's He absolutely kicked ass when he raced these cars before. So what about Garrett oh, Denton? Garrett came back and ran. Yeah, he did great, huh? Was Is he done drifting? or Probably for the season. Yeah. I think he yeah. runs uh, Formula Drift Pro 2, right? I think he's turning Japanese. I think I, he's I turning Japanese. So, yeah. I really seen, think so. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a little bit, but maybe we can get him in the iRacing thing this winter. Uh He's uh he's been nagging me a little bit about that so. So I got no other. I got no other uh, local news because we are literally at the end of the season. The only thing we got going on right now is that uh, Stafford is going to be the only one going at the end of this week, and then after that, I don't really know of anything but the flea market at Thompson at the beginning of November, but that's. Not a race, obviously. That's just us walking around, buying pieces of wood and getting free beer. Did are they actually going to have that? <laughs> Who knows? Um, Limited capacity, only fifty percent. No, they they are going to have the the flea market this year, so it's it will be actually going on Hang this on, year. Bud. Which I'm actually looking forward to, for obvious reasons. Um, but anyway. We got some silly season stuff to talk about in NASCAR because there's no local stuff left, and we're Jesus Christ, we're almost an hour in already. We haven't even got to big league NASCAR. We haven't even gotten to oh, that yet. Jesus, I know. All right, so there's another half hour right here. I know. Here we go. Here's the longest episode okay. ever. I gotta go help the boy. Come, let me know when you talk about. Jesse's back on to Super Mario Fixer duty. Yeah. You don't know what it's like to be an uncle. <laughs> yes, because I'm a parent. <laughs> That's anyway. why I'm single. You're better off. Anyway. <laughs> um, Kyle Larson applied for reinstatement to NASCAR and was granted it. So his suspension will end on, I believe, January 1st, 2021. And yep. uh, to be completely honest, we expect him to sign with Hendrick to take over the 88 ride, which will be, re- yes, it will be renumbered as the five car, which is a longstanding Hendrick number that they haven't used in probably a decade or so, or even more. Who was the last one to drive the five car? 
Um, Casey Mears drove Casey it, I Kane. think, and then Kyle Busch drove it, I think, at one point. And Casey Kane was the last one to drive it. Oh, Casey Kane drove the five car last. Okay. Yep. I thought Casey Mears drove it for like a week or something. <laughs> yeah, Casey know. Casey drove it on his retirement year. He was the last person to win it. Yeah, he won uh, Indy, I think, right? Was it Indy or Pocono? I thought it was. I can't uh, remember. No, Casey Kane won in his last season at Indy, I believe, and he was so goddamn exhausted he couldn't even stand up after the race. That's yeah, when we. I that's that. when we figured yep. out. That's when we figured out he had those real bad health problems, and I guess he's doing all right now. So, you know, sometimes you just get worn out. I mean, you talk to Rick Mask and all these other guys, and they're tell you about all the carbon monoxide poisoning that they've had and how it affects their brain and their physical condition and stuff. Rick said it took him years to recover from it, and even if he gets like a whiff of it now, it still screws him up. So he stays clean and green and out of the way, and I think that's what Casey's doing too. I think he just got you know sucked fumes a little too long, and that's really detrimental to your health. So speaking of other news, uh, let's see. We got Haley Deegan going to a DGR Crosley truck in 2021. I think she posted... At either a top 15 or a close to a top 15 finish this weekend at Kansas. Um, yeah, I think it was 15th she finished. Yeah. She did pretty good from what I what I heard. I didn't get to see the race. Basically kept the wheels on it and made sure not to do anything dumb, which was the right way to approach it. I mean, she's probably not used to running races that long yet. Um, I mean, an ARCA race is definitely shorter than a truck race. And you got to kind of limp into it because, you know, it's all baby steps, You you know. Again, the length of races always differs, and your preparedness depends on experience. So, if if they bring her up the right way, she could be a megastar. She has talent. She's proven she can win races. She's aggressive enough, but they just got to keep her grounded and do it the right way. If they rush her up any quicker than they are right now, it's going to turn into a full blown shit show. Yeah, I agree fully. So Brett Moffitt ended up winning that race. It was his first win of the year in the truck series, and it was good for him because I believe that's his uh, first win with that team, right? Uh, I believe it is, and that knocked, I think it locks him into the next round, correct? Actually, actually, did he race for this team last year, or was that like, did I miss something? He, I think he raced for them in the past, ever since he was out of the team truck. Yeah, since yeah, since Hattori dropped him after the title, um, he raced for this team. I'm I'm pretty sure, but it's, it's got to be at least his second season in this truck. But I'm not sure if it's his first win or if it's just this first win this year. It's probably just his first win this year. I'm not really good at remembering things. Uh, first win this year. He actually won four last year and six the year before. Yeah, so I was way off. <laughs> yeah, I I did not remember four last year. I'll be honest with you there guy just quietly wins i guess quiet enough that i don't remember even though i watch all the races that's pretty he is a solid driver i mean he finished seventh in the xfinity race if i remember correctly too so yeah he and austin hill were actually like battling it out and they were the last two winners in the truck series at kansas and they went up to the xfinity race and they were both up front in the xfinity race too so they were all doing really well Austin Hill is a driver that I was very, very wrong about. Yeah, I'll I admit th- that. I, I thought he was just another one of those money brats that came in and bought a ride. And he left that young racing team 
and he went to the Hattori team after they they won the championship with Moffat, and I was like, ha, watch them suck. And he goes out there and he's knocking off wins and top fives and top tens almost immediately. Yeah, he sure shut. He is sure, that because his name is Austin? No, he sure shut us up, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right. What so- about any more truck series uh, silly season news? Like uh, Trevor Bain possibly running the 45 truck full-time next year? I've heard that. I've also heard Chris Busher coming back, who Chris Busher was the 2012 truck series champion. And then, James Busher. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's two Bushers. I don't know who the hell's which. So it's James Busher. And they're Busher. not related. Yeah, they're not even related. They spell their damn names the same, I think. But um, anyway, again, this is how long it's been since he's been around. He hasn't raced since like 2015 in the, in the truck series, I think. So it's obvious I'm not going to remember who the hell he is. <laughs> they come and go yeah. so much, you know. He's coming back this week, what possibly. What the hell is that? Hey, who is that? James. I think James Bush is racing this week for uh, uh, Nice Motorsports. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know what his potential schedule looks like for the future, but it's just like you see the guy comp- just – like I said, he's a champion in the truck series. Then he kind of like, I don't know what he did. He struggled for sponsorship or rides after that. And then he was completely out within like two or three years. And he went on, he went off with his wife and like they opened up a uh, real estate agency in Arizona or something. I don't even know what they're doing. But I guess they were doing okay at that. But somehow he got another ride. So it's okay. Well, I mean, I wish him luck. I mean, he's basically starting from the bottom again. And, yeah, Trevor Bain, essentially he's starting from the bottom too. The guy won the damn Daytona 500 that one year, and then, like, it just kind of slow decline all the way back into where he is now, and he's got to rebuild his um, career from zero. And, I mean, it is what it is. That's that's the nature of racing. As far as Trevor Bain, I wouldn't say slow decline. He just kind of took the elevator to the top and jumped off the cliff. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, it was back in the day, he won the Daytona 500 back in the days when they had the very abbreviated days of tandem drafting. And tandem drafting, yeah, pretty much anybody could have won that race. I I admit that. But he still won it. And I don't know if it was really, it wasn't really he slowly declined, it was that his star power and his ability to hold rides just kind of trailed off because people are like, okay, well, he can't hang on to that. I won the Daytona 500 once forever, and then eventually it just went, and he's gone. Oh, it's just like that that one guy with the last name King that no one knows who the hell he is anymore that won the truck race at Daytona. Oh, John King? Yeah, he show, he yeah. was there for a hot minute and then was gone completely. So, I mean, it, again, it's the nature of the, the game, so... All right, so where were we at? We were in we were in Kansas still. Uh, Chase Briscoe won the Xfinity Kansas race. Uh, that was his ninth of the year, and that actually, I believe, set a record for the most by an Xfinity regular who was not running Cup at the same time or at all. Because Kyle Busch won like twelve races, eleven races, and nine races, but he was running Cup and Xfinity. Right. And Chase Briscoe is running Xfinity exclusively. And he won nine. So I think that's actually the most out of a Xfinity regular not racing anywhere else. Yeah, breaking 
Jack, the tie with Jack Ingram, Iron Jack Ingram, and Sam Ard. Yes. Which is the record that matters more. <laughs> Not Kyle Bush's. Anyway. Right. And I'll, I'll say Chase Briscoe is another driver. A couple years ago, I wasn't really sure about him. Yeah, same. When he was in the um, when he was in the truck series with uh, Brad Keselowski racing, I mean, he was just kind of another guy in the seat. Yeah, he was. Eh. Yeah, he was a guy. Yeah, it took him a while to find his running legs. That's for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I kind of, I kind of held him in the same regard as Austin Terrio, and they were just kind of the same. You know what I mean? Austin Terrio got robbed. He did though. Okay, he did. He Austin, got robbed. Yes, he dude was, got I, robbed by Natalie Wrecker. <laughs> and who is having her own health problems as it is but well she came in like a wrecking ball and destroyed that team <laughs> that's it i'm sorry but i do feel bad for him the but guy again. wins the championship then loses his ride give me a freaking break what was he in arca yeah arca well i'm talking about the truck ride yeah you no know? well i mean that doesn't say that doesn't say like Chase Briscoe was bad. I'm not saying Austin Terrio was bad. I'm just saying that they, I kind of put them on the same pedestal. You know, you you knew they were good, but you didn't know what their future looked like, and you didn't know how consistent they could be in the future. So, I, I don't think Austin Terrio's career has ever been the same since that one big crash with Tyler Reddick that year. Oh, is that the one where he went head on in and uh, the splitter was under the front of the truck and just a nasty wreck? Yeah, that was that was a scary, scary crash. Yeah, that was really I, bad. He just ran out of money, to be quite honest. I think that's what happened. Didn't he, he ran out of money because he won the championship in Arca. Didn't he break his Hans in that wreck? He broke a lot of things in that wreck. <laughs> yeah, well, did, yeah, but duh, but he still came back and won the championship in soul, Arca. too, the poor kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he won the championship in Arca, though, right after, and then lost his ride. He didn't have the money to to uh, continue it. He thought he thought maybe you know if you won a championship that talent would elevate him up to you know back up to the next level to show him that he could. Nope. <laughs> Again, talent you, alone. No, nope. you, you got to have backing to stay in a big league racing. There's no question. There's no question. It is a sport of kings and queens now. At, at least now, yes. So let's gentlemen's game. We can move forward to the cup race because there's a little bit of uh, silly season news that we got really late before we uh, went on air. The silliest of silly. It's still working. Uh, Joey Logano won the Kansas Cup race and locked himself into the championship race at Phoenix, which is exactly what, which is what Brett Moffitt did, I believe. Didn't Chase Briscoe do it? Are they all basically on the same schedule? Yeah, sort of, I think. They're pretty close, yeah. And people were bored by the result because they're finally figuring out that the aero package allows for close racing, but if somebody's in dirty air, they can't pass. It's like, what's what's more important? Close racing or passing? Welcome to IndyCar and Formula One, folks. <laughs> yep. Yep. By the way, I think Kevin Harvick had something to say about that as well. We saw you trying to almost trick him at times. Is that what you were trying to do going low? And do you think there was more opportunities maybe to go low if you'd found that earlier? Um, I was a little bit, I was a little bit tighter low. I needed the lap cars to time out well, but uh, yeah, Joey's a good blocker. <laughs> yeah, that's all he had to say because obviously Joey Logano has has gained a reputation as being a very strong blocker and very dangerous at times even. So. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, all Joey has when when all you have to do is block a lane and keep a guy behind you to keep the win, 
that's really that's kind of racing. that's just so boring. I mean, maybe again when they it's say not even Joey's fault this time, but people still hate him. Yeah, you I know, mean, he's, because he well, did this, the right thing. He did what he had to do. Right, you play your cards. You but know, he still that's comes how off, you play it. But he still comes off as somebody not likable. You know, well, just look at his face. He's and not likable. Back history. <laughs> he got into clean air. Yep. And oh. I mean, when when I mean NASCAR NASCAR did this to themselves. They took the fan council and they screwed the results by making it worded in a certain way. And the fans voted for this type of package because of the way they were. They said, what matters more, uh, close racing or something else like completely negative? And they voted, oh, close racing. But they left out the part that the close racing doesn't allow for passing. It's boring. No one likes it. It's IndyCar. I'm not going to lie. I was, as a racer, intrigued watching Kevin Harvick try and pass him. But... You know, trying to figure out, okay, can I trick him this way? Can I go this way? Can I move the air? But it was frustrating watching they get to a certain point, and like Junior kept saying on the broadcast, it was like a beach ball. You get to this bubble, and it pushes the guy away. Yeah. that's To me, that's the most frustrating part. They just need to get away from so much downforce. Yeah, I mean, when you – all Joey Logano had to do, and this is how you, he played it perfectly. You park your car in the preferred lane and don't lift. In what's what's Kevin Harvick going to do? Go to the bottom and try to drive around him? No, that's not the preferred lane. So, the only thing you really could do was just ship it off in there, hope it would stick, and move him out of the way. And Harvick doesn't race like that. And no. you really can't at those speeds either. And the problem with it is is that you're in a spot where you know that if you do something like that, you're going to get it paid back, especially when you're driving against somebody like him. There's too much on the line. Right. So you take your second, well, you move on to Homestead. Not Homestead. You move on to Phoenix. You know what I mean? you got to yeah. take it and just move on. Harvard doesn't have to. He can win any week. In the, any week. It yeah, doesn't matter. And he's, yeah, I, th- I think heads, head-to-head, I don't think anybody's beating that four car right now anyway. I mean, Denny Hamlin's the only one else that can do it. Yeah. And they're going to one of Harvick's wheelhouses. I mean, we all pretty much know that if he has just a mediocre race, he's going to Phoenix or a mediocre couple races. So, I mean, that's one of Harvick's best tracks. So all he he really has to do is make it to Phoenix and then execute. And that's easier said than done, obviously. But they've shown they can do it. And he's proved time and time again that he can perform under pressure any given time. So, I bet that team's already got a car prepared for that race, too. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's off in a, with a car cover on jack stands just waiting to go out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Billy Baru. Oh, Billy. Don't fail me now, Billy. Well, that's like, uh, <laughs> I think Chase Briscoe said, yeah, I want to put a car cover over this thing and bring it to Phoenix. I'm like, well, I hope so. Speaking of Chase Briscoe, uh, Phil, you told us, that it's pretty much confirmed that uh, Chase is going to be going to the 14 Cup car to replace Clint Boyer at the uh, next season, which obviously we kind of figured. I mean, he's already in the organization. He's got nine goddamn wins. I mean, who else are you going to fill the seat with? Um, yep. Eric Jones is slated to go to the 43 to replace Bubba Wallace, who is going over to that new team. Uh, we expect those announcements to be confirmed this week. I so, think uh, I think Chase Briscoe's was confirmed earlier today, actually. Yeah, probably not, but... We all know what's going to happen. 
But the, you also posed a question. It's like, where does Ty Dillon go? Uh, especially with the 13 car closing down and rides filling up. Uh, there's a few rides that still haven't been not, uh, locked down, but we've already given our opinion on a bunch of Like, uh, we think that Priest is going to fill in the 32, but then go to the 98 in Xfinity, which is, again, coming together because Briscoe is slated to leave that car, and we don't hear them going to shut it down. And, um, again, where does that put Ty Dillon? I mean, does Kaz Grala or Anthony Alfredo get the 21 Xfinity car? Does Ty go back to Xfinity? Um I I'm I'm actually kind of throwing the idea out there that he goes into management for RCR like Ben Kennedy did for the family business at NASCAR. I mean, I I'm not leaving it out of, you know, out of the possibility or the realm of possibility, but again, I think he's a young racer who still wants to race and I think that he's got enough backing where he can probably find a, point, a way into another team. It's just a question of what team is that going to be. Well, and he could end up he could also end up with Colleague racing in the Xfinity series, or uh, if Colleague decides to bring a Cup Series team together uh, in 2022 with the new car. I guarantee another, they do. Yeah, that's another potential landing spot. Uh, by the way, Chase Briscoe is confirmed. I just looked it up. Okay, so that is confirmed. Um, you heard it on here second. Yeah, you heard it on here second because this will come out on Tuesday. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I know that. Uh, geez, I just had a thought in my head and I forgot about it. But no, it was Colleague Racing. You just mentioned them, and they teased a whole big like uh, press conference or announcement or whatever. And all they did was say, "Oh yeah, Justin Haley's coming back next year." What a cock tease that was! And they had Ag Almondinger make that announcement, and it's like, well, you guys got to remember that Ross is not going to be in the second car next year, and Colleague doesn't seem to be shutting one down. I bet you A.J. Allmendinger finds his way into a full-time ride next year, especially when Matt Colleague is somebody who loves winning, who doesn't, honestly, and he will do what it takes to win. And A.J., in pretty much every race he's run for that team, is always up front. So why wouldn't you make that decision? That's a good business decision. Take an experienced racer, stick him in that car, and win races. My only question is, does A.J. want to race full-time again? I mean, he seems to have a lot of fun talking about racing on TV, but if I was him, I'd be behind the wheel. <laughs> He's really good at the announcer stuff. He's really good doing the IMSA stuff when he does, and he's proven that he's really good in that Xfinity car, but can he do a full season? Yeah, he can do a full season. I'm There's certain. No question. I'm certain. He's he going to have the right car. That's what he wants to do. He's comp- He's good. He's making a good enough living now, where he doesn't have to just you know beat his head up against the wall on a lower tier ride. Yeah. Again, I I really kind of expect it, but that's completely up to him and his schedule. So. I think we did everything. Uh, Carl Larson you know being reinstated. We, we oh, I did that. Missed last week. What's that? Alex, I said. Something we completely missed last week was Alex Bowman to the 48. I don't think we missed that. We talked about that. Well, Phil, you're probably right. Hey, you know, Alex we did Bowman not to the mention 48. That one. I'm pretty sure we mentioned it because it was in my notes. Nope. Well, if we didn't mention it, well, guess what? Know. Everyone already knows about it anyway, even if we missed yeah. it. So. Yeah, who the hell didn't know about that? This is not a breaking news <laughs> thing. This is about opinions and bullshit and I thought around. I skimmed I thought I kind of <laughs> touched you're right. on you're it. You're probably right. I agree. 
I thought I, I said I just something. thought it was it was really cool that they're giving him the top Hendrick ride. Essentially, the top is Hendrick it the ride. top Hendrick ride? Yeah. It's the one with the biggest history now. So yeah, but it's the nine car the is the one car. that's doing the best though. Yeah, but the, we're so, talking history. So I the mean, nine car only does well on road courses, <laughs> which is ironic because his father was shit on him. That's fair. <laughs> you know? His father was, couldn't turn right to save his life, but goddamn, he could turn left at 200 miles an hour. Yeah, that's pretty true. Yeah. 212 point whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah would that ever. 212 <laughs> point goddamn. Oh, so, man. Yeah, that, I mean, it's gonna be one. Of, he's going to be one of the top tier rides, but what about Carl Larson? He's... Are they going to put him in the R&D car? No, or he's... is the twenty-five car going to be? It's five. It's going to be the five. The car. five car. I mean, he's he's taking. We already talked about this earlier. Is it going to be the third tier? No, it's all the cars come out of the same shop. They're all fab the same. It's right. just a matter, it's just a matter of team. <laughs> I think we're all done this week. So you can find the show on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast. You can find it on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. You can find me at BrentGleason01 on Instagram and Twitter. You can find Phil at PJakes, P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-S Racing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hopefully he'll be in a race car soon. Uh, Jesse, Jesse lives in a bunker. I live in a bunker with all my guns and, and rocket launchers and video games. Yes. What do I do, Lord? Destroy the child. Corrupt them all. <laughs> this is their plan, people. These are demons. <laughs> okay, so, Raji, how do we close this thing? Keep the day safe down and stay on fence. Thanks for listening. And I know what I'm going to be on. That's what, what are I'm... you going to be on, bud? You Mario find... games? Constantly? Yeah. You can find me on... You can find me on Mario. <laughs> Thank you for all listening. Thank you for the love of this. Okay. And he's gone. Thank you all for listening. Take it easy.